Hello and welcome to our panel discussion on how to plan a successful hybrid teaching model. My name is Frankie and I work at Technological Innovations Group, otherwise known as TIG. TIG recently conducted a survey asking some of the UK's universities if they thought the forced move to online teaching would be sustained beyond the pandemic. The results revealed that no one is predicting a move fully back to the classroom or fully online, with 100% of respondents seeing a mix of virtual and in-person teaching. So it seems that hybrid teaching or hybrid learning are key terms that will drive the development of our teaching spaces in the near future. But whilst everyone knows the future will be hybrid, how many are asking, where do I start? How do we actually prepare for this? What steps should universities be taking in the planning process? So we're here today to provide some practical advice to consider when implementing your hybrid learning model. So without further ado, let me introduce the panel. Joining me today, I'm delighted to welcome Phil Waterhouse, Education Business Development Manager for Crestron UK. Hi, morning. Adam Harvey, Solution Architect from the University of Hertfordshire. Morning. Dr. Ross Little, Technical Supervisor from the University of Leeds. Hi. And Simon Ferguson, Sales Director from Top Tech. Hi there, good morning. Hi. So thank you to all of you for being on our panel today. I'm going to dive right in and ask our first question, which is, what does a hybrid future look like and how can we actually prepare for this? What advice would you give? I'll pass that over to Phil to start with. Thank you. Um, I think if we look at hybrid today, where we're at, uh, and I'm sure Adam and Ross can give me a little bit more on this, it's somewhere between a, a, a PC in a room with a webcam. So it's that's where we were March. Let's do it quickly if we needed to. Right up to a full Zoom or team system in a room and, and certainly speaking with people in the last few weeks, that's where the university spaces are now. I think the practical advice would be more look at the expectations of the university in terms of students on and off campus. So some are saying now that it's around 50-50 with 50% of students coming in, 50% being in uh, either at home or in student accommodation. But by Easter next year, so 2022, around about 80% in class and 20% will be online. So there'll still be that hybrid working, I would say forever, listening to the conversations we're having. But some hybrid spaces are being discussed about having everybody in and on campus, but separating them socially distanced throughout the university, so in different teaching spaces. And I think it depends more on what type of degree. So a, a graphic design degree, for instance, it's easier to deliver that online, whereas a science degree with the practical lessons that are needed, it, it you have to go into class. I don't know what anybody else takes on that. Um, so I think the word hybrid is it's going to mean a different thing for everybody. And like you said, it's going to be a different thing, you know, within an institution, depending on the program you're delivering. So absolutely, specialist facilities, they're going to need to be primarily campus based where other stuff can be primarily online. I think, you know, what we're trying to develop is a blended and flexible learning approach to 
all of the programmes the university deliver. So that's the thing. I think at the moment, you know, we jumped in last March and it was, you know, let's just get everybody online because we all had to leave. And then that's developed over the year to, you know, what can we do? But yeah, I think from a University of Hertfordshire approach, we're looking long term at that now and to see what that means. So we've gone out to a large consultation project with all of our staff and students just to see how we build that. I was going to ask the next question, actually, Adam, was if you were to look at what other universities are doing, I wonder if you could shed some more light on what Hertfordshire is planning? Okay, so I think, you know, like everybody else, we, we jumped into a, you know, primarily Teams-based teaching and, you know, using Panopto, lecture capture tools that we had, that was from March. So, you know, it was kind of, a, you know, our Teams licenses went from about 250 to 35,000 in seven days. It's a, probably a common story across the sector. You know, everybody had to jump. You know, I've got utmost respect for our academic and teaching staff who, you know, had to completely change the way they deliver all of the content yeah. for every programme in the university in a week. So, you know, I, I think across the entire higher education sector and further, everyone's done an amazing job over the last year. Um, so how do you build on that? We've got a lot of good feedback from our students saying, actually, you know, the online works for them and, you know, they wouldn't want to see it drop completely. So our vice chancellor set quite a, a, a challenging target for, to convert all of the programmes in the university to a flexible and learning approach by 2025. So that means we have to look at every single programme we deliver and work out the best way to make that blended and flexible. So in some cases, that will be technology in teaching rooms and other spaces in the university to allow students in room and online to, you know, see and hear and, and have the same experience as much as possible. Um, in some cases, like we said, with specialist, um, specialist facilities, we're going to have to work out how to do that primarily by on-campus teaching. You know, UH, I, I guess like Leeds as well, is, you know, we're, we're a campus-based university and that university life is really, really important to students. Yeah. So we need to retain that, but we obviously need to, you know, going forward, delivering online as part of the programme is, is really, really important and it gives students a lot more flexibility in how they learn. Um, Ross, I wondered if you could shed some light on what Leeds is doing. Uh, yeah, so so Leeds, um, so similar to what Adam was saying um, with his experience over the last year, so we initially jumped into hybrid offering um, so DIY solutions, so webcams, etc. Anything that we could do to, to assist with that. We, we have lecture capture across the entire campus, so the uh, number of sessions being recorded was was you know sort of through the roof they can record in their office they can record at home as well as part of that process uh teams is our primary platform because we have a microsoft site license um so everyone began to use teams and lecture capture to, to deliver uh, everything online S so since then we've been looking at hybrid we sort of been using the terms multi-mode and hybrid interchangeably uh, as part of that process and I guess for us hybrid is a mixture between uh, live streaming of the content at the lectern, uh, you know, mo probably mostly the PC uh, more than anything else, uh, all the way up to full interaction. So 
having microphones above the uh, the audience, having that two-way interaction, you know, in-room students being able to see remote students on a dedicated display, and then the remote students being able to see the in-room um, students as well. Uh, so, uh, you know, basically a camera pointing towards the students, um, all feeding into Teams, Zoom, etc. Um, so, so right now, Leeds, uh, we're going through a, a trial period. So we've We've got a pilot scheme uh, going to launch very soon uh, of 14 or 15 rooms across campus that was uh, basically we've gone out to academics on campus and other you know, external you know, uh, institutions uh, to, to gather thoughts, opinions about what they actually wanted to do uh, with that. And so through that process, we've managed to identify these 15 rooms. And we're now going to put some hybrid technology across all you know those rooms as a pilot starting this September, uh, and then based upon the feedback from academics in, in September, we'll then hopefully begin to roll out further across campus. I mean, essentially, the feedback from academics was we want it everywhere because we don't like having to book spaces that are dedicated to specific tasks. So, uh, but again, the. the you know, this sort of feeling is for us that a hybrid is the way to go. It is going to be an important part of how the university delivers its its programs. And similar to Adam, our, our vice chancellor has set a, a twenty twenty five goal for uh, delivering of you know all programs uh, online or or partially online. So, yeah, so quite quite similar to be honest. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I just wondered kind of more generally, do we see investment in larger hybrid learning spaces or a distinction between separate in-person and online only spaces? And how much space is being dedicated to online only? So if I can ping that to Simon first. Yeah, I think we've, we've definitely seen a, a, a mixture. Um, Early on in the uh, lockdown se sessions that we've had, we saw obviously a knee-jerk reaction to the situation, and we heard about all sorts of areas being taken over, uh, even down to staff offices being taken over as teaching spaces. Um, and, and as a manufacturer, we, we moved fairly quickly to try and come up with some solutions. And it, it is all solutions driven what we're doing. So the likes of Adam and Ross perhaps come up with some ideas of how they want to implement blended hybrid learning. And then it's down to us guys to, to really try and come up with solutions to make that integration as seamless as it can be. So yeah, we've we've seen a lot of changes over the last 12 months and had to move, you know, fairly dynamically to make sure that the solutions are there to integrate um, the, the, the equipment. Just from my point, I'm speaking to a few universities. Some of the business schools are now actually looking at online only dedicated spaces using Teams and Zoom because you can get up to 50 people on one screen. You've then got a, a teaching space is being put online with a lecturer going into that space and actually at any time it doesn't now need to be 9 a.m uk time through till four o'clock uk time it can be midnight whenever so 
the students that are coming outside of the UK, whether that be from Southeast Asia, America, doesn't matter, they can be taught online in those dedicated spaces. So there's no students on seats. So the smaller space, like Simon said, it could have been an old office space, but it's being created as a dedicated online teaching space. And that's a good conversation that's happening now with quite a few universities, predominantly uh, the business schools. And yeah, and Leeds, Leeds Business School is a good example for us um, where they've actually created a studio and, and a totally separate piece of equipment that we've worked with them on, which I won't go into now. But yeah, that, that's um, a real move away from traditional learning, isn't it? To be able to set up in a studio and uh, record, uh, you know, a very professional video output. So yeah, yeah big I changes. Think, I think we, we're going to have a mix of spaces and we're certainly going to have our traditional teaching spaces and adapt to those. But I, I think you're right. Some studio spaces to create different content will certainly be required. So, you know, we've, we've had some schools mentioning things like light boxes and light boards rather and um, we 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 do need to have spaces that we can create that create that specialist content, but you know we are like I said before we're a campus-based university, so uh, effectively we want the students to be in the university, just make it safe for them to be there, but with the option of joining remotely. So you know we need to look at all of our spaces in great detail, really, about how we do that. I think the the, the other couple of things we've had is. You know feedback from staff and students so the students you know overwhelmingly encourage live you know they don't you know having on-demand video is great you know it's great as a revision aid anyway for whatever other reasons but you know having that live interaction with the the lecturer is really really key and from our academic staff seeing clearly the remote participants is also key so you can engage with them so we're doing a lecture theatre at the moment and we've, you know, around the front row of seating, we've put a load of displays so we can start to get those student participants really right in front of the lecturer, like all the in-room participants. So I think, you know, that engagement and the collaboration between in-person and online has to be really, really key to this puzzle, I think. We've seen it on television, haven't we? Exactly that, yeah. where you've got a remote audience and uh yeah all screen based but well i think you know we've even like the meetings we're starting to get a lot of feedback about you know teams meetings on a single display like we're doing now is all very well but you know where we're starting to do more hybrid meeting rooms i think we, we're getting a little bit more feedback about you know i think i, I can't remember what the old products used to be you know portrait screens with one person on an individual screen sat around the room so it feels like everybody's there we're sort of going back a few years into how it used to be sort of presented but that's becoming more and more important now because the remote participants also need to feel that they've got a, a proper presence within that meeting not just you know a yeah. quarter of a screen in the room it does it does make a massive difference i think and can have an input as well yeah, yeah absolutely that's really interesting. Um, my final question for this session is the golden nugget. So no biggie. 92% um, of our survey respondents stated that their university was allocating budget for new equipment or infrastructure to facilitate hybrid learning. 
But where should universities be prioritizing their investments now in order to remain future proof? So now who would like to answer that first? If we've got to remain agnostic. <laughs> well, I think the key the key thing for us would probably be infrastructure. You know, we've we've done a lot of projects using AV over IP technologies. And it's given us a, a massive amount of flexibility to change stuff. So I think in all our new buildings, that is the key for us. That's our starting point, just to make sure our data infrastructure is where it needs to be and big enough and robust enough to be able to handle all this. After that, you know, this, this hybrid blended flexible learning will change absolutely as people start and then go down that journey to, you know, in five years time, like, me and Ross have got to do you know 2025 is a target that we've got to get everything uh, um, blended and flexible across the entire university program so that, that's a big challenge and it won't be right the first time we do it absolutely so infrastructure is the big thing you know there is simple things like you know can everybody be seen and heard and participate so you know they're they're the kind of the four big things really for me yeah I think you're you're absolutely right with the scalability that's yeah. that's the crucial word for me is we can do it in five or six dedicated rooms but they're soon going to be booked up and used can we then scale that up to 200 rooms 300 rooms if it really does get to that stage how easy is it to implement and roll out across a university and put dedicated spaces in that are flexible for that hybrid teaching so i think scalability is crucial yeah, so I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I'm going to essentially just going to echo what Adam and Phil have already said. But but yeah, I mean, adding full hybrid with this, you know, with the interaction and the screens that show remote students, everything is very, very expensive. And we're going through this, uh, you know, um, pilot scheme just now uh, to add these to rooms. But but the bill is quite large to, add, you know, just to even add it into the rooms. Um, alone so uh, yeah i think in terms of scalability yeah, having that data infrastructure is definitely key i mean also again for feedback that we've received from academics and externals um things like audio quality is also really important in a lot of cases it helps to bring the remote students into the uh, into the room almost you know and and but yeah i mean for, for us certainly it's early days so i'm not quite sure how it will actually look for us long term and how we'd actually scale this across the entire campus. We have quite a, a large campus and we have, you know, we've got a lot of aging infrastructure. And and um, so it, in that sense, it's going to be quite challenging for us. We, we have not only the infrastructure to pay for, but also the technology in the rooms. Um, yeah, so it, uh, yes, uh, difficult to answer that question from for, for Leeds just now. Well, I think you're right with the the infrastructure that you've got in place now worked in February 2020. And now what do we do 12, 14 months further on? Do we just add something to that current infrastructure to make it work now? Or is that just a plaster? And do we need to look at the, the whole rollout of changing all technology in rooms? So I think there's a there's a case for, well, we can just add something to it to make it online. We had a, a Zoom or a Teams presence in that room. 
it will still work as an in-class teaching space, but then adding students in from online and anywhere new, any new builds, yeah, that's where I think the investment will be first to create those dedicated, flexible spaces that are hybrid and they are the future-proofing spaces. Yeah, it's, it's a real large project. I mean, for <coughs> University of Harvardshire, I mean, we've got over 500 teaching spaces, so we can't do all that in one hit. I mean, like you say, yeah. even... The sticking plaster, you know, just adding a few things to make them hybrid. That's a massive bill. So, you know, we need to, you know, we've got five years. Um, first of all, once the report reports back about what, exactly what the pedagogy of that blended and flexible is, we'll apply the technology piece to it. And then it's a five year program. We'll change our standards and install from that point. But even in five years, we're not going to hit all them rooms as a normal refresh program. So we are going to need some funding to change everything else. So it's it's a it's a real big piece of work that is about how we do it. And yeah, it's it's probably going to have quite a large number attached to it, I think. But so we just need to work out how we can do that to the best of our ability for the right budget value for money and all those sort of things so it's going to be really interesting looking forward to it sort of <laughs> just um, just picking up on that cost issue um we're having quite a lot of conversations about the the the, the old adage of flexibility and that means different things again to different people but um we're, we're having conversations particularly about shared resources so a piece of equipment may be quite an expensive uh, exercise to get it all up and running. But if that's got some mobility about it and can be moved from room to room, um, we're working pretty hard on trying to come up with those sort of solutions. And then the other aspect of that is the actual classroom itself, seminar room, whatever, um, having the furniture within there also with this flexible um, element to it you know, to move the classroom around for different subjects, different dynamics within the room, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we've, we've had quite a lot of conversations on that line at uh, flexibility. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite, it's, it's you know, one of the outcomes of this cons consultation project we're doing could be that every teaching space doesn't need to be blended learning. Yeah, enabled. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, so, you know, we're, we're kind of in a, a process at the moment we're just sort of into a workshop thing to sort of like go with the the emerging principles to everybody and see how they how it fits with them and then once it reports back then we can start applying it to all the spaces or or not I, you know a bit of a waiting game at the moment but. yeah you know same here actually and i think so we we are trying it in different types of rooms so you know, it's ordinary seminar rooms and collaboration rooms, uh, you know, up to large uh, lecture theatres as well. And it might be that the technology, or the technology or the principles don't really work very well in certain room types, you know, so so it's very challenging technologically to provide hybrid and a lecture theatre, depending upon the space, obviously, you know, to provide that audio above the audience and, you know, given that things like catch boxes and uh, and roving mics are, are not the preferred option anymore uh, you know due to health and safety it, it can be extremely expensive in some rooms some of our rooms are already flexible hybrid rooms you know they've got pods student pods around the rooms 
and actually adding the technology to provide for hybrid learning in those spaces is comparatively quite cheap. Um, so it might be that, yeah, you know, similar to what Adam was saying, it might be after we go through this whole process that only certain types of rooms will have hybrid and, and some just won't because of this, there's no desire to or it's, it's possibly, uh, mm. you know, too expensive to provide that uh, at scale. Okay, thank you. I'm sure that's provided some really useful insight for our listeners. Um, and that brings us to the end of our discussion. So thank you to everyone who tuned in. Um, should you wish to hear any more from any of our panellists, please do drop us a line in the comments and we'll be happy to get back to you. Good luck with your hybrid teaching and take care.